Welcome to the first episode of the Mind Wealth Podcast, where we teach you to think differently about money in order to take home more money, pay less taxes and interest, and live a better life. This episode will give you an overview about many of the topics that are coming up and how you can keep more of your money by doing things differently. All right, so I think that we uh, want to spend some time talking about what this podcast is about and giving a little bit of an intro and a purpose for it so that you can really, people can understand like why we're doing this and why we're passionate about doing it mm-hmm. um, and why um, what we're, we're sharing is actually going to make a difference in people's lives, no matter where they are, whether they're a business owner, whether they're an employee, whether they're um, you know just a stay-at-home person. Um, there's a whole lot of... Um, concepts that we are going to go through that are going to help people no matter what um, and then if, depending on where they are in their life some of the the topics that we're going to talk about are really going to um, affect them a lot more so um, from my point of view let's I'll start a little bit here and say you know what I think I, I really want to do is, is I want to help business owners take home more profit pay less in taxes and um, basically have more money at their business disposal and have a, a more profitable business without them having to work more hours. I want to, them to be able to apply the financial principles that we're going to go through um, in, their, in their home life and in their business life in order to keep more of their own money. Well, um, I'll speak from my own experience. More often than not, my biggest challenge over the years has been access to capital. When you go to the bank and you need some money to finance your business or finance an expansion or finance a move where you need $50,000, for example, as a business owner, um, borrowing money becomes a challenge. And I realized that how little control I had over that decision um, was frustrating. When I couldn't move ahead in my business because the bank said, Nah, I don't think so. We don't want to really lend you the money. You don't have enough of a track record. You don't. Your income isn't high enough. You do too good of a job of reducing your taxes. So from a banker's point of view, it doesn't look very good for us, even though from a Revenue Canada point of view, you probably look just fine. And so I found that very, very frustrating. So it started changing the direction of how I looked at things to figure out, well, how do I get better control of my cash flow? How do I how do I end up uh, being in the driver's seat? Well, the first thing you need to do is figure out, well, where's the money going now? Who's controlling the money now? And so I started looking and evaluating things and realized, you know what? The government is controlling at least a third of my money in the form of taxation, whether it's income taxes, sales taxes, property taxes, surtaxes, whatever. The banks or the, uh, the, the government, some level of government's getting uh, their hands on a lot of our money. And the second place is, of course, is, is the financing costs of our lifestyle, mm-hmm. whether it's vehicle loans or leases, whether it's mortgages, whether it's business loans, credit cards. And I found that there's another 30% of my income is going to the ba- bankers or the financiers um, that I don't seem to have any control over that either. And then the third area is typically insurance. We want to insure everything that we have. So we have life insurance. We have disability insurance. We have mortgage insurance. We have health insurance. We have car insurance. And go down the list. There's no end to the amount of insurance we have. So uh, like Andrew mentioned, you know, we can actually make more money or we can figure out how to keep more of what we're already earning. And so in order to do that, you've got to figure out, well, where is it going and how do I get some control of that money back? And, uh, and I can say in clear conscience, the motive or the goal of a bank is to get you into about seven other products. And that could involve a mortgage, a vehicle loan, 
an RRSP, a tax-free savings account, a checking account, an education plan for your kids, a line of credit, and a credit card. And so once you've given them control of all that cash that's uh, funneling into all those products, you no longer have control of the money. You've given that control up to the bankers, and they have control of it. You've given them the money, even in the savings account. You've lent your money to some banking institution, whether it's a bank or a credit union or Tangerine or President's Choice. You've given your money to somebody else for them to use. And if you want it back, then you have to, you know, apply to bring it back, or maybe there's tax consequences, or or if you or want penalties. to use some of it, they'll say, oh, why don't you just take a loan out? Exactly. Take don't don't use your savings that you're only making half a percent on to two percent somewhere in there. Yeah. Get a loan from us for for seven to eight percent, and uh, that'll be much better for you. Yep. That's that's exactly it. You know, in fact, maybe we have friends who have significant assets and they take and they put their money in the bank. The bank just lends that money back to all of us who, who need to borrow it to finance our, our businesses and our mortgages and our vehicles and that kind of thing. So, you know, our goal is to try and figure out, well, how do we take over some of that banking function? How can we take over some of the functions the bank has currently uh, been doing for us? Mm-hmm. And that's been really the focus and drive of my efforts and my interest and focus and experience over the last, I'm going to say, six to eight years. That's been really... Uh, a game changer for me when I realized what the problem and the challenges were and now trying to figure out what are the solutions. So that's what we're teaching now is what we've learned and what we, we're doing to implement getting control of our cash flow, reducing the amount of money going to the government and the bankers. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that um, that came up here as you were just explaining that to me too was the the whole purpose of traditional like mainstream media and traditional financial planning advice and all those things want to lead you down a specific path to, to get your money into places that they can do something with it. Right. You know, even the media outlets are being paid by the banks to say different things. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the people who is who are on some kind of online TV show uh, financial planning thing, they're being paid to say uh, the things that they're saying. Right. They have a financial benefit to um, give that advice. Right. Well, um, even now, when you go to the bank, you can get your car insurance at the bank. Yeah. you got to know that Every bank that's doing that is getting a, p- a piece of the pie for having an insurance agent sit there yep. and being able to sell that company's insurance for them. Yep. Car, yeah, the mm-hmm. actual insurance. So what do you see for this, the podcast here? What do you, what do you see for the topics that we're going to talk about and like why, were we, why are we doing this? My, my main thing and what I'm really passionate about is sharing the deception that is the whole system and how it's set up to keep you under control of the banks and the government. That that is what I'm really mm-hmm. wanting to share with everybody. That's my passion and my goal is to enlighten as many people as possible and then not only that but tell them that there's a different way of doing this and a way that makes a lot of sense and will recapture a lot of the money that you give them that you really don't even know you do. Like, we're so used to it and how the system's set up, it's it seems like, well, there's no other way. That's what we have to do, so we have to work within these guidelines. There is way better ways, and we are going to show you how. Now, one of the things that I think that um, we can let out of the bag here for what we're working on going forward for some of these topics is um, we're actually working on what will be like a longer-form movie 
um, that I, I, I'd like to t- title it this, and it's actually a chapter um, from a book that, that Alan um, wrote a chapter in um, called Against Conventional Wisdom. Um, and it's where you are going to take things that are conventional, conventional wisdom, con- conventional financial planning advice, and we're, we're going to turn it on its head. We're going to show you why it is not nearly as effective as it could be in another way. So the idea of diversifying your assets and your debt, and we're going <laughs> to tell you why that might be a really stupid idea. And we're going to talk to you about your mortgage and about the big, one of the biggest investments that you make, but also one of the most amounts of interest that you ever pay. And how the, the banks say that's your biggest asset. You know, most people in their lives, they think their house is their biggest asset. If it doesn't generate income... It's not an asset. It's not an asset. Right. Unless you have a rental suite and it pays for your house and your positive cash flow, it's not an asset. It's not an asset. The only time that your house is worth something to you is when you actually sell it when we're in a traditional mortgage. Mm-hmm. So the other, some of the other concepts here, we're going to talk all about vehicle uh, leasing and uh, renting and buying and all the different ways in which you can do that. We're going to tell you about um, focusing on the rate of return and how everyone wants you to focus on your investments and how, what kind of return you're getting. Meanwhile, you've got a whole bunch of other debt somewhere else that they want you to ignore. And they, they just want you to pay off at an extremely slow rate so they can get the most amount of interest out of you on that, part, on that side of it. We're going to talk about rate of return. We're going to talk about saving taxes on the seed but then paying taxes on the harvest. We're going to go through why, for the most part, a lot of people are not focusing on cash flow, whether it's the kind of cash flow that they can get from their, um, from their investments, what kind of money they can be making uh, in the foreseeable future for their retirement, all those kinds of things. And we're going to also just go into the idea of where you should be putting your profits where you should be investing that's going to make the most sense for you. And a lot of the time, it's like you were saying, uh, everyone in, in traditional media wants you to relinquish control of your money to them so they can go and make money with it and give you a small return on, based on that. When in reality, if you were to keep that money for yourself and do something better with it, there are, there are multiple ways that we, that we know about that we can tell people about to do those things, then they can uh, make a way better return on their investment. Mm-hmm. Totally. So those are just some of the topics that we want to talk about. And can you guys think of any other ones that uh, off the top of your head before we finish up this intro episode? Well, we're always bombarded with um, 0% interest at financing a vehicle. Why would you use your own money if you can use their money or someone's money for 0% interest? That is not the truth. There is a cost to that 0%. Nobody lends you money for nothing. It's built into the price of the car right out of the gate. Why would they say that you could 0% interest or we'll give you $4,000 back? Well, that just tells me that that 0% is equal to $4,000 added to the price of the car. If they're going to give you $4,000 back off the, the price right out of the gate, or you sign up to their financing package at 0%, it has a $4,000 value immediately. So, so pretending like, uh, well, why would you use your own money when they're going to give it to you for free? That's stupidity. And I don't know why more people can't see through that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to help highlight 
um, the specifics. You know, people talk about whether they should buy or lease their next vehicle or whether they should use their own cash or they should finance it. We're going to help you make better decisions so you can utilize your money to the best of your advantage uh, during that process because after a mortgage, your vehicle costs are probably the biggest second uh, financial commitment that you make in a lifetime. And, um, you know, here we are making big big mistakes or maybe maybe they're not mistakes. We're doing the best we can with what we think we know. However, isn't it time to know that there's an alternative, a different and a better way to do things? And that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to help people uh, discern the difference and that there is an alternative. Most people don't know that they can do something different. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. the biggest part of that is most vehicles, especially trucks and stuff like that nowadays, they're getting up close to $100,000 for a big diesel truck. Yeah. And... There's houses and properties you could buy that create income that you could buy first and have it generating the income you need to make the payment on your truck. You should be focusing on getting the the cash flow first, get your cash flow under control, generating you income, and then you can look at buying vehicles and stuff and having a, a depreciating asset or depreciating expense, basically, of a vehicle. Yeah. And there's really good ways to do that yeah so we talk about cash flow you know how much teaching and training advice is there about cash flow well cash flow usually doesn't come up until you're in financial difficulty and you got to go see a credit counselor or you're forced to draw or draft up a budget so cash flow is the foundation of all financial management so we're here to help teach people to be good stewards of all the resources and money that they have available to them so they can do the best they can with what they've got to use and we do that by analyzing, well, where is it going, first of all? And then we can figure out how to get control of it back and start redirecting it where where you want it to go for your own goals and, and purposes and, and reduce the cost of, of um, interest and, and taxes along the way so that money can be going towards your goals and your hopes and dreams for your life. I mean, it's it's all your money, right? It's always, always your money. And I think that's uh, that gets ignored. And the second thing or the next thing is, is uh, debt. How much... How much advice and training and teaching and, and um, uh, people are in the business uh, helping you manage your debt in an efficient way? Um, I'm going to suggest maybe two. Debt consultants, debt consolidators, after you've got into financial difficulty and can't manage the debt you've accumulated. Well, why isn't that the foundation of what we're doing here? We spend so much time on investing and you know, averaging 4% average annual returns while we're paying 61% interest on a mortgage you know, in, in a year. Like, what are we doing? This is craziness. Why can't people see through this? Well, they have no idea even that they can do something different than a, than a conventional locked-in mortgage because for them it's all about affording the payment. They don't, they don't even look at how much interest there is, and nobody's advertising the fact that you're paying you know, over 50% interest for the first 10 years of a fixed-rate mortgage. Can you imagine of all of the payments you make back to the bank in a purchase on a mortgage of a house is interest over 50% for the first 10 years? And yet we're chasing around that posted interest rate on the mortgage, the 3.89, I can get 3.6 over here at this bank. What are we doing? This is lunacy. And we bought into a system and we don't know what to, we don't know how to get out of it and we don't know what to do about it. That's what we're teaching. We're teaching people that there is an alternative and how you can save thousands of dollars and get out of debt years quicker by just doing things a little bit differently if you start to think a little differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all businessmen, the three of us. So for us, access to capital and, and borrowing and loans, and uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because they want to see three years of your last year's financials, and they want to see you uh, showing a good profit. And, you know, the, the challenge is, is 
we've got a good accountant and we've got good tax planning strategies so we don't show a lot of taxable income. Our goal as financial advisors and, and, and the use of accountants is to get our taxable income as low as possible. Well, go to the bank with your lowest possible income and see how well you do. So it's a total conflict for most people in business to try and have access to capital. So we try and figure out, well, how do we create our own sources of capital? As a business owner, uh, we are the business. We have to have a, a pool of cash in case we become disabled. We don't go to work. We don't make any money. What if we get a critical illness? which one in every four people is going to have happen to them in their lifetime. We need a pool of cash to access so we could be off work and go for some medical treatment. Where does that money supposed to come from? You know, the, the pension plan. We don't have a gold-plated pension plan. We have to set aside money for our own, our own needs. You know, and the Canada pension plan, government wants us to participate in that. We don't want to participate. We want to figure out saving our money someplace else that's not tying us into somebody else's idea of a retirement plan. And we can prove that that is not suitable for most people. Unfortunately, for all the T Ford employees, they don't have a choice. They're stuck. They have to pay into it, and so does your employer. Um, but for the rest of us who do have a choice or an option, that's a good chunk of the population who are either have their own companies or their proprietorships, individual business people. Yeah. They they have an option or a choice possibly to uh, to opt out or do something different for their future. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about RSPs and tax-free savings accounts. You know, this is the big push uh, to put all your money in RSPs, reduce your taxes today. Well, I can show you and prove to you, we can, that that is not the best place to, to store your money. And you're going to find out that the tax consequences of that strategy are extremely expensive, especially if you happen to be unfortunate to become uh, widowed, divorced, or single at some point in your life towards the tail end after you've accumulated your whole of your lifetime. And you find out when you die that all that money you saved your whole life and never got to enjoy in, in your RSPs and your pension monies gets brought into income and taxed at the top tax rate, which is closing in on 50% in, in BC right now, 49.8% yeah. of your life savings is going back to the government. So, so much for um, leaving your estate and all your wealth to your family and your kids and your beneficiaries. The government is rubbing their hands together and all they got to do is wait. They don't even have nothing to do with it. They don't even have any say in investing it. All they do is just wait for the payoff. And they know the reward is way bigger than the cost that they uh, they they forfeited early. I mean, it's, it's your money that they gave you back in the first place. Right. It's your own money in the first place that they 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 make it sound like they're making a big deal. They gave you some of your income tax money, but it's your money in the first place. Right. And they make you think like they're doing you some great favor. No, it's all about them. It's all about uh, you know government controlling your money today, right through till your retirement and getting the big payoff at the end of the day when you're gone. How do you feel about all that? Like, that's pretty discouraging and distressing. And being in the financial business for the last 24 years, I've discovered and uncovered what's wrong with so many things that we do that's part of the status quo. It's part of what everybody is told to do. There's way better ways to do things, and we've discovered them, and we're going to share them, and that's what we're going to teach. This is the very first episode of the Mind Wealth Podcast, where we teach you to think differently about money in order to take home more money, pay less taxes and interest, and live a better life. Subscribe to get all the newest episodes as they come out, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker. So just pick your favorite podcast app and get started. <laughs>